All right. All right. So are we rolling? Yeah. I forget because I haven't listened to the first two in a while, but we say speakeasy starts now. Yes. Okay. So now let's let the music play. Okay, we did it. I'm uh, Rico Galliano. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. And uh, you're sounding super energetic and up. Are you all right? I can't. I just am really bewildered because I forget how these things are supposed to go. Well, that's for those, I guess we should reset, you know, what this thing is. It's a, a, an occasional extra podcast only episode where we speak off the cuff, if you couldn't tell. And we share kind of things that we couldn't use on on air for various reasons. But we have started off before, and we're starting off right now with the breakfast segment. That's right. We always ask people when we interview them in order to get a sound level, a volume level on their microphones, we ask them what they had for breakfast. And we recently had Jason Schwartzman and Adam Scott. Jason, of course, starred in many of the films of Wes Anderson, including Rushmore. Adam Scott starred on Parks and Rec. They came on to talk about their film that they starred in together called The Overnight. Here's what Adam said he had for breakfast. Frustratingly, I had two protein bars. Two. One on my way to our last stop and one on the way to here. And I'm just like, I need real food. Do you keep them in your car? I have them in my backpack. But do they melt? Do they give you heartburn? No. They're made of such artificial ingredients (laughs) that I don't think melting is possible. (laughs) No. (laughs) They give you uh, heartburn? Yeah, they do. When I have a... Don't you get it? It's just I feel like this chemically tastes like I ate a Nerf ball or something. (laughs) Yeah, I get what they call... Pardon me, because my dad's a uh, microbiologist, and I sometimes veer into, like, professor speak, but they give me what kind of science science community calls the farts. <laughs> oh, oh. oh and what, yeah. There are whole so, books on that. But in, yeah, layman's, sorry. in layman's terms, what is that? Uh, <laughs> in layman's terms, what is that? Jason I think Schwartzman. I think Jason Schwartzman really reveals himself to be, a, he would be a great host. He would. He's pretty good. He, he brought my question back in about the heartburn. And by the way, there are many reasons why they didn't make it onto the show. But one of them is I have zero tolerance for bathroom humor. But that's a um, clever way to do it, right? The whole scientific. Maybe. It just made it in. It just it clears it your in, bar. It made it into Speakeasy 3. I can't, but here's what I don't understand is that I'm, I'm kind of with you, by the way, but we also both love Mel Brooks movies, and we had mm-hmm. Mel Brooks on the show. That guy is like the king of fart. He did the king of all fart jokes, basically, in Blazing Saddles. I wasn't so wild about that part of Blazing Saddles, frankly. Oh, my God. I was God. more of a Spaceballs man. You just said that on tape, and we're going to broadcast okay. it to it's, the world. Um, I stand behind it. Did you also hate Citizen Kane? <laughs> I don't These think, are classics. I don't think there's a gas-passing scene in Citizen Kane. But it's, you haven't seen the DVD extras. Yeah, I think you're mixing that up with Orson Welles' later work <laughs> when he was doing those commercials that are yeah. amazing. I think that was in his Othello. Anyway. What do we have coming up? Don't we have another piece of tape We've got here? many. This is you talking to Al Pacino. Why don't you set this oh, up Oh, yeah. Us? So interviewed Al Pacino for this movie called Manglehorn. But it's not called Manglehorn. It's called Manglehorn! Yeah. That, that's what I kept calling it all weekend. To my girlfriend, she was really like, you know what? We have to, you know, later on I have to watch Manglehorn. Yeah, it should be a bumper sticker. Yeah. With an exclamation point. But it was a really small window to chat with Al Pacino. He's a powerful man. He's very busy. Yeah, you um, didn't get to talk to him for long, basically. I didn't get to talk to him for long. So I, we have a little piece of tape we're going to play where we kind of 
there, there people are coming into my earphones saying, hey, you got to stop talking to Al. And they did this once before, and I was like, it's okay, we can keep talking, because he was enjoying himself. And then we ended up kind of making a little play date. That's right. And we should note, by the way, that Al and Brendan were not in the same studio. Al was in L.A., Brendan was in New York. So let's hear the tape. Al, I'm, I'm getting a signal that your people, they need to shut this down. I think your people, my people are talking to your people right now. Yes. And they say, we've had enough. The old guy talks too much. You're Al Pacino. You can do whatever you want. According to you. (laughs) Any questions for me now that we have a moment? I have no questions for you except where are you? You in New York? I'm in New York in the unfortunate neighborhood of Midtown East. Oh, Midtown East is unfortunate. Around what street? I give it exactly where you... 47th and 3rd. Well, 47th and 3rd is, you know, it's okay. It's still the tip of the iceberg. You go a little bit west and you got got real problems. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You get swallowed up by Times Square and Taurus. Listen, what's happened? What's happened to our city? I mean, when I went back there recently, there's there's like chalk all over the uh, the street. I mean, the the gutters, directions and arrows pointing. I mean, plus, you can't get anywhere. You can't get anywhere from 57th to to 34th anywhere. It's gridlock. So you might as well get on a subway or run. Running, I think, is your best method, Uh, or a scooter. I'm better off taking a basket weaving. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you come to town, we'll we'll share a city bike, and we'll we'll go to a better neighborhood. I hope so. I'd love to see you when I come to town. We'll have some laughs. (laughs) You will have some laughs with... Did you ever follow up on that? Well, my phone's been blown up a little bit, but I've been busy, (laughs) so I haven't responded. Hal again. You know what I like about that tape is, uh, you know, our show we call it the dinner party but it's really a culture magazine but that was actually the sort of conversation you would have at a dinner party yeah. right like if you met Albertino you would bitch about traffic <laughs> and you would talk about new, you know what's going on in New York and, and even the way that what's happening to our city what's happening to our city I know. can I ask you actually the, he mentioned these chalk marks on the street what is he talking yeah. about there? I, I think what he's referring to uh, there's a lot of construction happening New York you know they're constantly putting in drugstores and banks oh it's like marks of impending construction about to happen um, but also maybe he's met Maybe it was a 14 slip and he's thinking of a chalk outline around the body. <laughs> yes, he's played a lot of <laughs> gangsters. But keep, you know, keep your keep an eye on Instagram to see me see if Al and I are on a bike soon. I want to see you guys in a tandem bike. <laughs> Anyways, let's talk about a, an outtake from last week's show. This is uh, okay. Diablo Cody, the Oscar-winning screenwriter. She wrote Juno, and we had her mm-hmm. on to do Etiquette. Uh, she was mm-hmm. hyping her new movie starring Meryl Streep, which is called Ricky and the Flash. She felt like easygoing and felt like she genuinely was just enjoying herself. Yeah, and was... hanging out. When she heard the term dinner party, she knew exactly how to behave. So after the interview, we were. We were just kind of chatting. And we asked her, as usual, to give us a joke that we perhaps could start the show with, our weekly icebreaker. And then the following conversation ensued. Okay, I got a good one. Oh, you Wait do? Eight minutes. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. How do you find Will Smith in a snowstorm? I don't know. Look for the Fresh Prince. We just had that on the show two weeks oh, ago. Oh, somebody had that oh. already? Yeah, Joe Manganiello just told us that joke. <gasps> and he's my boyfriend. <laughs> Seriously, he's like my 100% favorite per Like, oh my God. Like, my husband's going to die when he hears I had the same joke as Joe, my boyfriend. Really? Uh-oh. Yes. Like, I know he's engaged, but whatever. And I'm married. He's but a little engaged. He's up there for me on the list. <laughs> he went. He and I went to the same high school. So by extension, I'm pretty cool too. Wait, wasn't he? Was he Was he goofy looking in high school or did I imagine that? I think you imagined it i think he was in a football team oh he was hot already okay maybe your husband can console himself with joe's fiance sophia vergara i'm I'm sure we would both be thrilled to make the switch (laughs) oh no oh 
That was a lovely exchange. For those who don't know, of course, Joe Manganiello was uh, one of the stars of Magic Mike XXL and was People Magazine's Most Eligible Bachelor of 2014. And actually, I feel bad, but I am typing right now furiously to find out the name of Diablo Cody's husband, who's a comedian of note. Oh, that's true. Uh, who, who, wor- who wrote for Chelsea Handler. Oh. Dan Mario. That's right. Dan Mario. Does not look like Joe. Well, let yeah. me. I wanted to add this to the conversation. She she had asked me whether uh, Joe Manganiello was goofy looking in high school. I did yeah. not. He, we went to the same high school. We weren't in the same year or anything. I didn't know mm-hmm. him. And different physical fitness teacher. Uh, right? I'm guessing. Mine was way you're... better, which is why I'm huge and ripped mm-hmm. yeah, all over. That's not what I was getting at. But, but okay. I did recall a friend of mine did was in his year, and she met him many years later. And said to him, you know, like I was in the same year as you. And he said, wait, his face turned to grave. And he said, do you have a yearbook from our freshman year? And she said, oh, yeah, yeah. And he said, please never show anyone the photograph of me wow. in that yearbook. So you're going to post this at our website? I, If I can get a hold of it, maybe I can destroy our standing in the celebrity community by showing how goofy apparently he did look as a freshman but by senior year he was a football player for some reason i don't think diablo is going to care about his (laughs) high school yearbook photo (laughs) that's right she's still into him i think we have more a little bit a little bit more tape to share right yes one more thing this is courtney barnett oh that's right courtney barnett who is a wonderful musician indie rockish but slackery and high powered becoming indie rock royalty i would say she's very very hot right now see i think she's another album to make it into royalty but yeah she's very hot right now writes really smart lyrics and uh she happened to come by the studio when she was here um i asked her a question that i've always wanted to ask touring artists they have this one ritual that always boggled my mind ever since i was a little kid and saw you two for the first time which is why do they do encores right. you know why did they leave the stage and then come back to perform yes the enforced encore the expected encore yeah so here's what courtney had to say to brendan well i have done them many times and when i go to see shows i certainly don't hate it when my you know the band who i'm very excited about seeing comes back on stage but we all it's almost like a kabuki theater because we know yeah yeah or, it's, a little it's just one of those it's one of those funny things. I don't know. It's it's kind of fun, you know. At this point, does a promoter ask you to do that? Does the band decide to do that? Oh, do you no. know that before you're going out that it's going to happen? Yeah, normally we kind of just do it for fun. Yeah. I don't, yeah. And so which leads to my another question I always wonder, do you ever not want to play your hit? Are you ever like, I don't want to do it. I've done this. <laughs> I've done this 60 times in oh, the past. I'm definitely not at that point in my okay. um maybe ask me again in 60 years. That was a jaded <laughs> that was a jaded question to a non-jaded musician. There you go, Courtney Barnett. That's a question I've really had for a long while and so now I know that the artists choose to do that. It's not some I guess demand so. made by the promoter. And actually one of my favorite bands in the world, The Wedding Present. Okay. They actually have a long-standing policy that they never play encores and they tell people mm. that. And they used to have a policy that they would also only play for 1 hour which as a young man really drove me insane. That's right. That sounds like a pretty almost fascist approach to performance, yes. but so be it. Uh, um, but look, we, let's tell them really why we played the Courtney Barnett clip. Yes, which is basically to play that hit song that she's apparently not sick of hearing anymore. We certainly aren't. Yeah, it's called Pedestrian at Best. I think she just played it at the Pitchfork Festival the other weekend, and I'm sure she's playing it in a zillion other festivals throughout the summer. So yes, let's go speak. out on that song. Thanks for coming by. Speakeasy number three. Thanks to Al Pacino, Jason Schwartzman, Adam Scott, Diablo Cody. That's a wrap. Nico's high school friend, <laughs> Joe. Joe Manganello, my best friend. Good night, <laughs> day slash afternoon, morning. I love you. I hate you. I'm on the fence. It all depends whether I'm up 
know what? Let's do an encore. Surprise! Hey, we're back. you guys we didn't plan that at all. You guys didn't see that coming. <laughs> no, that's not the sort of stuff we would do. No, this wasn't at all a goal. No, Courtney Barnett was great, and it was great to meet her. It was, but, but um, but we do have an encore. Yes, a little bit of our interview with Jason Siegel. We talked to him on a recent episode about his movie, The End of the Tour, in which he plays David Foster Wallace. DFW, as he's called in my household. But close listeners of the DPD might have noticed that we didn't ask him mm-hmm. our second standard question, which yes. is something we do on occasion for time or for various other reasons. But you are special speakeasy friends. That's right. So you get to hear Jason's answer to the question. It's more of an order, really. Tell us something we don't know. And I asked him specifically to tell us something we might not know about The Muppets, because after all, he started and co-wrote the Muppets movie reboot. Well, I will say this. One of the things that I heard come out of the Muppets that changed my life, truly, was the sentence, a group of weirdos make a family. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I started doing Freaks and Geeks, I felt like it was that come true. You know, I always felt like a little bit different and, uh, you know, for myriad reasons. I think probably everybody feels that way. Awkward teenage years. Certainly actors and writers. Yeah, totally. And then all of a sudden I found this group of people who felt equally as weird, but the eccentricities were being celebrated instead of like leading to you being punched in the face. (laughs) (laughs) And it was uh, it was just a great relief for me. Who said that in the in the Muppet cast? You know, I can't even totally remember. I was really young. One of the things my mom did, I'm uh, my mom was like a secret comedy dork, and she taped all the episodes of the Muppet Show because I was a little too young and to show to me when I came of age. And then she showed me Harold and Maude when I was like ten. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that explains a lot. <laughs> Harold and Maude. Harold and Maude, age ten. Mom doesn't sound like a comedy dork. She sounds like. A very woman with impeccable taste. Yes, and maybe a little gothy. <laughs> Perhaps, but Harold and Maude, one of the greatest soundtracks. Are we going to be able to... I think we're allowed to play 30 seconds of it. And this time we're really saying goodbye. Or are we? Put the song here. I think I see the light Coming through me Coming through me Giving me a second sight You are all weirdos! Ugh.